Hi, everyone, and welcome to Happy Not Satisfied. My name is Dan Morrison, and I'm the founder of Happy Not Satisfied and host of this podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to hand it over to my amazing co-host, Ellie Morrison, to introduce our fantastic guest. We are so excited to have our dear friend, Roma Vicencio on Happy Not Satisfied podcast today. She is the host of the Great DSA show on television um, on Ken's Five here in San Antonio. She also has her own company, La Coronita Hats You Must, <laughs> which we will talk about soon. Um, Roma, we just wanted to talk to you today because you are such an example of, I think, choosing joy through the process of continuous growth in your career and your life. And we have quite the history with Roma. She's interviewed us a few times for her career, um, for her shows. And we're just so happy to have you here. And we're honored that you're going to have a conversation with us about this. So let's go back. You are a journalist by education mm -hmm. um, and by trade, so you, so to speak. Um, you have had quite the journey through your journalism career. I'd love to kind of give insight about how you, you started in your journey, how you got here, how you became the host of a morning show, um, and then you know s some sort of trials and tribulations along the way, I think that, that really speak to the overarching theme of the, of the show. So Definitely. Yeah, your background. Thank you guys for having me yeah. here. I'm the one who's honored. I always, I'm like, y'all really wanna talk to me? Cause I can keep going and going, but we are gonna have a great time right now because <laughs> you guys um, are doing something really special. I think it's important to talk about these things whether it's me, whoever is in the seat. So I'll start with how I got into journalism, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, because really my, tr my trials and tribulations occurred right as I was gonna try to take the leap to start it, to really get it going. So growing up in a Mexican household, you know, your parents, my parents at least, coming from Mexico, a lot of the cultural gaps were really difficult to like relay to them and translate like what I was trying to do. So they never really, um, you know, we're sitting there with us to do our homework or went to our PTA meetings or they didn't know yeah. the language barrier was very difficult. So my brother and I were kind of on our own, our whole education, just doing it, knowing our parents expected that of us because they left Mexico to be here. So mm. um, I never, you know, was frustrated about it. It was just like a part of my life, you know. So when college came about, I knew in high school that I wanted to be a news reporter. Nothing really ever. I wasn't like the little girl, like, you know, um, wanting to emulate my local newscasters, although I love them. And I was like, that's such a fun show. But even then, I never said like, oh, I'll be on Good, Good Day LA. That's what I used to watch all the time. Yeah, yeah. But it was in high school where the morning announcements would play. And I'm like, I'm pretty outgoing. I talk a lot. So let mm -hmm. me do that. And I committed to it. And so I went to college for broadcast journalism with an emphasis in um, well, communications, emphasis in broadcast journalism. And during that time, my mother got sick right when I started college and we all could not like understand what happened because she was such a, like I call her saintly woman because she really was so, so pure, so dedicated to her husband, to her children. You know, she was really innocent. I feel in a lot of her experience in the United States, she still had a really small town, old school mentality and very Catholic. So mm -hmm. that's why I say she was so pure. She was so innocent still. And when she got sick, we were all like, what? Mom is like always on point. What? What is going on? She's just so off. And I'm going to college at the time and I'm working two jobs. And we just couldn't believe that she was sick. Well, then they're like, she has cancer. And then they're like, she's going to die. And we're like, what do you mean? Um, what? So I'm 19 years old at this yeah. time. And I'm still like trying to transfer from junior college to Cal State Fullerton, or actually I really wanted to go to San Francisco State because that's where I was born, Bay Area. <laughs> but then it kind of all, it, I couldn't transfer my credits at the time. My mom was getting sick, so they're like, you wouldn't even make it for the cusp for the next semester to enter San Francisco State. Mm. So then I decided on Cal State Fullerton, um, and then I entered, and my mom got really sick, and that's when we found out she had cancer, but it all happened really quickly. And you just have no choice other than to, okay, let's like, Let's go with this. What, what's next? What do we need to do? Once they told us she was going to pass away, then you're at the point of like, okay, now it's um, hospice care. And I'm like, what is any of this? You know, my mom yeah. is the head of the house and now we have to prepare for her death mm -hmm. in our home, in the home that she's the head of. So that was what was really hard. And again, trying to like finish college and, and be positive about it. Cause I think I was so young. I was a young college student, 19 years old. And 
in a Cal State Fullerton thinking like, I'm so cool, but I was so lost. And yeah. I realized I felt even more lost as soon as I knew and I accepted that my mom was going to die. Yeah. And so she died in our home in peace. And after that, my father also struggled with his own personal issues that affected our family growing up. Uh, I don't really talk about that a lot, but I'll say that as something else that really was hard to navigate at the time. Well, now I got to take care of dad. My brother had just gotten married literally right before my mom passed away. So <clears throat> he had his own life and I just felt like it's on me. I got to take care of dad now. So that was really hard too, is going, continuing to try to be like focused, going to school and knowing my mom's not there, but like almost still not believing that she's gone. Right. So I really can't tell y'all that like, I'm the superhuman or, or like that I had the strength. I didn't know what I had at the time. I just knew I had to do what I had to do to keep my life going. Yeah. And even in at 19, I don't think those were the words I use. I'm just like, okay, my mom's gone. My dad, I got to take care of him too. And I got to finish school. But then I, you know, you moments where I lost like that drive and desire. Sure. I would miss my mom or just feel sad or like be worried for my father and I have a godmother, Judy Moalam, who was my angel hovering over me the whole time. Like, I'm not going to let you quit. You're going to finish school. She would do things like to try to get me to continue journalism. She got me my own cameras. I could go do my own stories and like so sweet, you know. Well, then two years after my mom died, um, I was like ready to... Um, I'm, I'm getting my education backwards. Let me rewind, guys, because that's wrong. I was in junior college when my mom died. I was trying to transfer when I got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm. That's the process. There we go. And so that's where I was struggling because junior college, you kind of want to give up on it. I transferred to Cal State Fullerton. All the things lined up, like I mentioned, they weren't going to allow me to transfer. So when I got diagnosed with cancer, um, then I really wanted to quit. And I was just right. like, no way. And my hair was like, maybe a little longer than I have it now. I'm 21 years old at the time. Mm. I'm like, there's no way I have cancer. My mom just died of it. What? You know, and my dad's like, what? You know, and we just could not believe it. And once again, I just, they told me I would have to go through chemo. Mm. And then they told me they removed one ovary. Uh, I was just like, I don't even know what I'm going to do after this. Like, well, am I going to live? Am I always going to have the fear of cancer mm -hmm. reoccurring and stuff? And also feeling the void of my mother's care and her food and her comfort. Yeah. But luckily my, my dad's like an amazing cook as well. So he took really great care of me and my godmother who I mentioned wouldn't give up on me, bought me the camera, did all these things to keep me going. And so I can't say I did it alone. I, I had support from my father, from my godmother, from all of my mom's friends from church. They were always there for me. And I just um, have another auntie, my tia Patti, who was a chemo nurse, and she like came to me, prepared me for how I would be feeling through the process of chemotherapy. And I swear if she was not there, I would not have been as positive. Mm. And that's what I did choose to do is like, okay, I'm going to stick with positivity for this. My, I trust my aunt. She's saying like, if I'm down, if I'm saying why me, if I'm blaming the doctors, if I'm like in this negative state, like it, because I'm already going through chemo, she said it would affect me even more. Like, mm. trust me, it's all about your attitude and how you go into this and the foods you're going to eat. And she couldn't have been more right. Um, so I had a great cancer journey. Um, I know that's kind of weird to say. I had the best nurses, the best doctors, kind of the opposite of my mother's journey. Mm. And I think I was more like ready to be my own advocate and ask the right questions medically because doctors talk all this jargon and you're like, what? You know, so you just have to ask the questions and then thank God for my angels that were surrounding me who kept me positive. And I guess naturally I do have a spirit of like, let's just, let's be okay. Let's be, uh, are you okay? Let's, let's have a good time. Let's like make it better. Let's like play some music, you know? And I get, I do get that from my parents who in their own way instilled that in us. Um, and from there, <clears throat> thank God I'm okay. I'm alive. And I, they told me I would be fine after treatment. They were sure of it. And so I decided with my godmother's support to just, okay, I'm going to finish college. And then when I really got into it, I saw it, you know, it was so close. Like, I'm going to be a reporter. Oh my gosh, I'm already doing my own stories here at campus. And um, I went to Medford, Oregon. Well, first I got a, a great in internship at Garden Grove TV Channel 3. And I'm pointing that out because if I didn't have that internship, I wouldn't be here today. I really mm -hmm. wouldn't. Helped me so much. Got my first job in Medford, Oregon, KOBI 5. 
And then here I am now in San Antonio for almost eight years. And I know that everything I experienced brought me here and this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And it's okay to, to have those terrible losses and traumas. Um, it's not easy to recover from them. Now, as I'm older, I think they kind of creep up on me more hmm. because I'm more mature and I'm more aware, but I'm so happy that I'm in a, a city that's my home. I, it's my home more than Anaheim Hills is where I grew up. Well, we're so happy that you feel San Antonio's home because you make San Antonio feel like home for everybody who watches you every morning, who tunes in to see your bright, smiling, beautiful face. You know, one of the things that we we talk about on this podcast um, is creating your own luck. And I don't know if you want to go into that that sure. question yeah, because yeah, well, and even before that, thank you for sharing that story. By the way, that was an incredible just journey to listen it's to. Moving, yeah, yeah. I, I struggle a lot with perspective, and mm -hmm. I know that I have such a fortunate life, and I've never gone through anything as serious as what you're talking about. But I find small things just festering, and like I'm getting worried about it and upset. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. So I'd be really curious to hear from you how you're able to stay so positive because you're such a joyous person. Such like a I don't joyous know person. you super, super well, but I get the most amazing vibes from you when I'm around you. Like, do you have advice to people on on that perspective piece and, and how to find that joy and persevere um, when things feel bad? Yeah, because like, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. I am a joyous person, but guys, I will say this, uh, you know, and I don't talk about this a lot either, but as I have matured, it has gotten harder. Yeah. yeah. And I have struggled a lot with, you know, no, no doctor has diagnosed me with depression, but I have struggled a lot like with those similar, I believe, symptoms sure. of feeling so down and feeling mm -hmm. so um, desperate sometimes and like, you know, not good enough, not worthy, even though what's crazy that you, you say that and thank you for being so kind and, and saying that because I hate talking about myself like, oh, yeah, I'm joyous, I'm this, I'm that. <laughs> it's yeah. weird to me, but yeah. I know I'm on TV. Yeah. And people yeah. always tell me that you're always so happy. How do you do it? And, yeah. you know, my boyfriend now, um, he has seen some of my struggles like, you know, family things or personal things that I just we all have these yes. struggles. I am not perfect. I am on TV. I'm blessed to do that. But y'all, I am just as human as you. And just what you said, like little things that fester, you know, you have a fortunate life. Mm hmm. That's okay though. Like your festering moments are totally valid. And that's the thing too. Like I think for a long time I just would like kind of talk myself away from being sad, down, mm -hmm. feeling less, feeling these things. But I the more I'm just like, okay, I can accept that I'm feeling this, but not all of it is true. Mm -hmm. Your mind is so powerful. Yes. Your mind can make you literally believe you're sick. Your mind can literally make you believe that nobody likes you. Your mind can make you believe that your, you know, friends are talking bad about you. Like your partner's cheating on you. Whatever things that, yeah. like your mind is just crazy. Like all these things that could, could bring doubt into you. And so as I've gotten older, while I have, feel like I've struggled more with those, you know, mental health, might be emotional moments. Because I feel like I'm so much more emotional too as I'm older. Mm -hmm. I've also, even more recently, which is so funny when you reach out to me, I'm like, oh my God, I just recently feel like, I have a little more of a grasp mm. on those festering moments mm -hmm. and and how do I maintain that positivity? I believe that the funny thing is like the show is my gift in a way. Mm -hmm. While sometimes my own personal struggles have been with my career path, um, it's also the thing that feeds me with this joy and also puts me on this pedestal of like you have to show up and you have to perform for San Antonio. And that's all I want to do because that's all I know how to do, I guess. So it's weird. I can't really compartmentalize my life. But for the show, I can com compartmentalize. I can't even speak English sometimes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you've, you've had a long compartmentalize. day. Yeah, compartmentalize. Uh, however my mom would have said it. But, uh, I feel I am able to do that at work. Okay? Like, it doesn't mm. matter how bad my day is or if I got in a fight with someone. Yeah. or Like, I'll show up and no one will ever know. But that's, I think all of us do that in our mm -hmm. own way. You guys have a baby now, like, I you was know, gonna you say, just got to show up yes. for the baby now. Or yes. like, um, I have a 10-year-old in my life now. My partner has a 10-year-old. Like, there is no room to be the one that's the victim that day. Like, nope. I got to show up. It's a good yep. way of so putting it. It's a great way of putting it. Think about that with the show, too. Like, no, 
the audience didn't do anything to me. My coworkers didn't do anything to me. Or did they? Um, I'm just <laughs> kidding. They didn't. They didn't. But you're just Paul. like, show up. Yeah. Paul. Paul and those eyebrows. Oh, yeah. He didn't brush them properly that day. I'm kidding. But, you know, like when you can take a step back and be like, man, I'm so lucky to be alive. Like that's kind of my reminder. Right. Every day. I'm just lucky. And lucky is the word you guys say. But for me, it's it's cliche. Lucky to be alive. I feel you have a lot of reporters say that too. They're lucky to be alive yeah. tonight. Yes. Yeah. I would hate yeah. saying that because I'm like, yeah. no, stop that. We don't yeah. know the, the scenario. You know, maybe they're not lucky. Maybe they are. But yeah. I just feel fortunate and grateful is a better word. Mm-hmm. And so I use that gratitude to like, pick me back up even when I'm down because I feel when I'm down I'm my most selfish yes. oh yes I'm like not even I think in some ways being down is, is selfish, selfish. Like, yeah. It's, yeah it's centered around the self you know yeah. like in the struggle of the self you go in inward and you're mm-hmm. not able to have that perspective as much yeah yeah so I would say like trying to be a joyous person for me is just reminding myself of what I have and in my eyes maybe it's not what you have or you have or what the other people have but it's what I have. And and I believe most recently I just realized and learned, but most of all, accepted that. And I'm in this phase right now of accepting what is. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Easier said than done. Easier huh? said than done. Yeah, but yeah. It, and I'm like, accept. I literally tell the just the word if I'm getting furious. I was gonna about ask something. if you have little tricks. It sounds yes. like that's one of them. Uh, one yeah. of them is just like accept and then just kind of take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> Breathing helps yeah. a lot. And even then, I, I'm not saying I'm an expert at that breathing thing, but um, my therapist tells me a lot, like, you really need to meditate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that will, and I'm like, what? I'm so hyper, like, <laughs> yeah. meditating? I would be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too quiet. Like, I need music. I'm a lover of music, so <laughs> yeah. I always need music. But I think mo- just, like, accept. The new word I've been using is accept. Accept. Mm. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of helping. I really relate to that because, you know, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is growth, right? And if you are ambitious, if you are goal oriented, there's a certain amount of, um, you know, pushing of yourself that you do or dreaming that you do. But I find that I get in my most unhealthy mental space when all I'm doing is thinking about forward, 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 forward. You're stuck in the future. I'm stuck yep. in the future. And I really, really struggle with that. And I'm always, you know, once and then once I get to the future, I'm thinking about the past. And I'm like, that was so nice. But when I was in the past, all I wanted was the future. Yeah. And so the way that you say accept, that is what I'm working on so much right now, personally. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me like a couple days ago. Just accept where you are. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you always it's, trying to pretend, so you, you know? It goes some, against human nature for totally whatever reason. It does. Yeah. And I do think motherhood helps with that because it has helped me because I'm looking at a little thing and you know he's he's an angel he's thank you he's a year old now and so he's starting to really come to life and like say a couple words and just be so joyous in the moment and I'm thinking okay accept your moment Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to try and rush through it and then all of a sudden you're going to be at the next phase where things are undoubtedly more complicated or mm-hmm. complex because there's more layers to your life, you know, and then you've forgotten to love it, the moment you were in when you were in it and all of a sudden it's gone, you know, so because yes. he's going to be older, you know, at a certain point. And when you're in it and you're in the trenches, so to speak, you're like, oh, it's really difficult to not think to myself, oh, okay, just get to, to n- the next year. Or I'll be just, happy once I... Exactly, I'll be yep. happy once I... Um, I'll be happy once he is four and it's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy once I feel less stressed because I'm, you know, doing all the physical labor of parenting, of yep. baby. So it's just, it's interesting because um, the acceptance, I feel like is so, so important. Do you have or have you developed uh, certain wellness routines over the years because one of the things when I when I look at you and I see you sometimes it'll be in the gym or something and your show will be on and I'm like oh don't meet that on TV there she <laughs> so is sweet. but you're so effervescent you know when you're on camera that is a grind what you do every day to be on to be on a show is a grind and just like you're talking about there are some days where you're emotionally great some days you're emotionally struggling have you developed your own sort of routines over the years to kind of get you geared up into that space yeah. to perform at your highest I level? I guess I don't know if I have a routine, but things that help me, music, yeah. like so much. Yeah. I play music, calms me down a little. Exercising has helped as well. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it's a release of sweating of some sort, which I never really 
like connected the two, but literally sweating it out sometimes helps. Um, talking to someone, but my therapist, of course, like absolutely, I think it's, especially in my culture, therapy's like not talked about ever, you know, and I wish I knew about it like way when my mom died. I wish I knew that that was okay to go to therapy, you know, and when I went through my own thing and then, you know, as I mentioned, having to kind of watch over my dad, not that he was, wasn't able to take care of himself. It was just, it's a lot of, the word is difficult to say out loud too, but a lot of traumas, you know, that ever it's different. Everyone's trauma is different. The, the life you grew up living, you know, um, but I wish I knew that there was therapy. So I want to encourage anyone who's raised in a really traditional old mm. school household, whatever ethnic background that is like, do not be ashamed to seek help for your mental health. And even right now, this is really the first time that I'm speaking about it like this. So my bosses might be like, excuse me, we never knew any of this, <laughs> but that's okay. Like that's, I'm not embarrassed of it because I hope that someone watching is like, okay, I can do this too then. Or not that I'm the reason why, but just knowing like normalizing mental health awareness and help and care and care. Yeah. And it's actually really neat. My boyfriend's sister is, I'm going sidetrack here, but I think how life connects you with these people in your life. My boyfriend's sister runs in Comal County, like the mental health department there. It's, I don't know the exact wording and she might kill me. Sorry, Jenny, but <laughs> she's such an advocate for it. Yeah. Um, and anyways, it's just so important, right? But I would say my routine is music, exercise, my therapist is key mm -hmm. because otherwise I'm stuck in my own thoughts and yes. I'm the only one narrating it back to myself. Mm. I can talk to my friends and my problem has been I get too many opinions and I'm mm. like, yes, well, oh. she said this, he said this, who's right? Like, what am I feeling that's, okay, they kind of justify that I'm, I'm okay with what I'm feeling, but the other person's like, you shouldn't be feeling that, you should be feeling that. And you just kind of lose yourself a little more when you do that so and I I'm guilty of always like wanting someone's reassurance or mm. like opinion about what I'm feeling what I'm going through so as I've also like gotten older I've learned to trust myself more and what I need in that moment and I always know that therapy is very helpful for mm. me that's really interesting yeah. that you say that particular viewpoint about it I struggle a lot with um you know we all have fear right we all have self-doubt we all feel like the imposter syndrome creeping in at some point. Mm -hmm. But I think I would like to do a lot of work um, on listening to that limiting, those limiting beliefs or, or learning to not or redirect them and sort mm -hmm. of, okay, that's a pattern. And you help me a lot <laughs> just when we're blabbing back and forth, walking on the river or whatever. Um, you know, how do you continue to take steps forward despite being afraid or despite having doubt? Yeah. Go, go no, on. no. I yeah. mean, I think that's everybody has that. And I just want to yeah. say thank you so much for being so honest about all of this. You're someone that people look up to and Absolutely. see on TV and see this beaming person. And to know that you have struggles and that you're working through them every day, I think, is a really powerful message that everyone needs to hear. So I just thank you so much for sharing all that. It's, it's really inspiring. Um, there was something I just wanted to go back for a second because it's, it's been in my brain since I said it. When I said being down is selfish, I, I mean that in my own self because it means that I haven't been showing gratitude, that I'm thinking about my problems and me, not to say that being down is selfish for everybody. I just want to clarify that. Yeah, that I, don't think I, get what, I got what you mean. Like, I, I you can't be to. down. You're a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. No, I, know I know what you're that. saying. I know for, in my own experience, <laughs> like when I'm feeling down, it's because I've kind of allowed myself to devolve into not the best version of myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and some of that, I, I want to talk about the exercise thing for a second because I think people, I love to exercise because it makes me feel better mentally. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are great physical benefits of mm -hmm. it, aesthetic benefits and whatever. I would be a much worse version of myself without exercise. Ellie can attest to that. <laughs> and I just like, I just want, I always love to reiterate that point because I think until you've felt it, it's hard to believe it. Yes. It's like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like mm -hmm. that person likes to run because they want to go faster or something as opposed to no, literally I run because then I, I can be myself for the rest of the day. And the more people that say that and the more we can get that message out yes. there, like I think the more people might try it. I think it's also about a routine because yes. I'll admit it. I'm not, maybe you probably need it maybe every day. Everyone is so different. Yeah. The amount, it's that dopamine from yeah. the exercise that you need that helps you feel and release your mind of those for that moment. 
you're kind of like, I'm not even thinking about my problems, although I'm crazy and sometimes I still, I'm like on the top <laughs> yeah. Peloton and I'm like, yeah. but I'm like, no, but this you, is the time not for do, that. You still feel better at the end. Yes. Even if that's yeah, stuff lingering, you get off and you're like, I did something yeah. hard today it's a relief. and I feel good. Totally. Yeah. And I think back to what you're saying, it's not like, you know, you're saying everyone needs to work out every day. It's no. your, what is your routine? Make yeah. it a part of your routine. You know, however you talk to yourself, whatever, however you want to, and that's what my therapist tells me a lot. She's like, the way you begin your day is so important. Oh, yep. And I'm guilty to this minute that I'm sitting here talking to y'all. I don't have the greatest routine. Definitely it's my phone. What the heck? I know. But also <laughs> my job makes me really right. like, what's popping? Did I miss anything? Like, yeah, da, 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 I got to look through Instagram. I and mean, it's like too much Instagram. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> I need to replace Instagram with the meditation, you know, yeah, like, right. But I believe having that routine and making sure exercise is a part of your life, like for those who, who are like curious about it, I think once you set that routine for yourself, it adds the structure that you're not so much dreading to mm -hmm. do. Because I I, yeah. I have dreaded working out sometimes. I'm like, mm -hmm. but I've always been like, I got to do it because I feel so good after. Like yes. you just feel like a weight is off your shoulders. And I think eventually, at least for me, I never used to work out. I didn't wake up early. I didn't do any of that. I was just, I mean, I was lazy. Mm -hmm. And I hit a point with exercise where now it's like my favorite part of the day. And that might not happen to everybody, but it certainly will go from dreading to becoming more of a positive relationship in your life, I think. Yeah. And just one more thing on that. I think it's easy to say, well, I don't have time for that. Like, I just mm -hmm. can't. And actually earlier today, I was having a conversation with someone and he said, you know, I say I don't have time for this, but really, I just don't make time for this. It's and, so true. you know, maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I think we all have a little more time than we admit to ourselves. And we could make things a priority like actually you don't need to run a marathon every day. Like 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. You know, I mean, I am in a phase right now where I have been awful because I've been adjusting to becoming a mother. Sure. Awful about exercise. About exercise. Yeah. And you are not, not, awful. not awful. Oh gosh. Yeah. You're well, the best. But, <laughs> no, but awful about exercising. Mm -hmm. And I have been in very strict stretches of exercise. And what it did for me when I found my way to it when I was a little bit younger, it gave me the ability to have perspective zoom out. It just was mm. something about that meditative action of the repetition or even going to yoga, whatever. It allowed me to find beauty in the smallest of things. And I find, oh, when I am, when I feel the best version of myself, when I feel the most clear, when I feel the most inspired, it's because I have the mental space to look at a bird that's just landed on my patio and make some uh, association connected, you know, to, connected like, totally. to me and my life and how beautiful everything is. But when I don't make space or time for those routines that get me out of the grind, you know, mm -hmm. it's like you need to elevate for a little bit to then remember how wonderful everything is. Or if it's not, if you're in a stretch of difficulty or challenge, how do you remain positive or how do you find the beauty in the struggle? You know, the productive struggles that we talk about a lot too. But for mm. me, that's what exercise does or journaling or whatever. And it's been tough. I mean, I've been in a, a year where I've just, I'm adjusting and I need to get back into it, but I can feel on a week where I do well, wow, is it different? Mm -hmm. And on a week where I'm not doing so well, it's different. You know, it's very hard. So I think like not everybody so many people think, oh, that's so intense or whatever, but it's really just a way to get yourself in a clear state of mind to be able to listen to your intuitions and to listen to everything that's going on around you and the people in your life in a positive way to kind of move forward through challenges. Because life is challenge. It's full of them. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think you also, um, don't be so hard on yourself is another thing that mm -hmm. I am so hard on myself because I'm like, too. you know, you want to, <laughs> you want to deliver the best. You want to be yeah. the, not that the best, like number one, I just want to do a good job at everything I do. Yep. I want to yes. like be intentional and I want to do so. And then if I just didn't get it right, or, you know, I beat myself up, up a lot. And even hearing you right now talk about, I mean, you just gave birth to another human <laughs> being and you look fabulous and you're. Yeah. You know, you guys are adjusting to coming back to San Antonio yeah. and like it's all it's different it's now. You guys have a baby. It's not just you. Right. You know, yeah, you two. It so definitely it's different. definitely different. <laughs> Your both of y'all's routines are going to come. You know, it, it will be figured out. So be easy on yourself. And like <laughs> just like what I need to tell myself is don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Like I don't think it's an enabling excuse. I think when you use it properly, it's like it. it's important 
to acknowledge that because when you beat yourself up a lot, you're, you're like talking yourself down it's true. and it's like mm-hmm. not, it's kind of toxic when you do that. We were just talking about that yesterday about the importance of the voice in your head mm. and how it shapes everything and how to, you know, learn how to coach it back to positivity or to not let yourself get so down um, because it, or be victim all the time. And when you get better at that with your, within yourself, it's glaring when you're in social situations where other people have that voice and you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, like that used to be me or I, it feels very out of alignment with like how you've gotten yourself back better from that. But it's interesting. I want to, I want to talk to you about, um, you know, you have your, your great DSA, that's your, your main full-time job, but you also have this beautiful business that you've started on the side that I find really touching and inspiring. And I'm always so excited to see you out and about and support it. And, um, you know, La Coronita Hats, Imas, tell us about why you started that and why you decided to grow as a business owner in that direction and the mission behind your, your work. It actually ties in with everything we're talking about because I was, it was during the pandemic. I think in an odd way, the pandemic helped, I'll speak for myself. It helped me grow more and it helped me open up my eyes a little more. I mean, we all, gosh, who knew we ever imagined in our lifetime we'd experience a pandemic like that. But I was so tired of feeling down and I was not, and it wasn't due to the pandemic. That's the thing I want to clarify. Like I was tired of feeling down on myself with career challenges and even self-esteem and a terrible relationship that I thought was great at that time because like all I knew was what I knew, but like that wasn't a great relationship. So uh, all of it, I'm like something in my little soul Mm -hmm. kept saying, you need to do something. You need to do something for yourself. Like I love that. And I am so grateful to be known as the host of Great Day SA. It's such a joy, obviously, and it, it's such a title that I think sometimes I even take for granted because I know how many people would love to be in my position. So I don't let that stray away from me. But I also want to be known for something else. Like, I want, like, what am I about? You know, I of course I'm about the show, but um, my mother's death impacted me a lot, and uh, my own experience with cancer. So when I was going through chemotherapy when they told me I was going to lose my hair. That is the only moment I cried, guys. <laughs> Everything else, I was like, all right, chemo, all right, that's, wait a minute. Am I going to lose my hair? And they're like, yeah, all of it. And I was like, no, look at how thick it is. There's no way. But it all fell off. <laughs> it really yeah. did. And then that was the moment of like, shoot, I am not me anymore. Mm. I had these puffy cheeks because mm. I they give you a steroid treatment along or with my treatment. It was steroids and the three different types of chemo. Every chemo is different. Every side effect is different. And... I looked like your typical cancer patient. Maybe I caught myself staring at in the past, like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. they're sick. And it was so crazy to be in that position, sitting at a restaurant, you know, like bald and mm-hmm. looking super sick and people staring at you. And I was like, I don't like that feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was what it was at the time. And as I got older, um, well, during chemo, I would wear a lot of hats because I hated the wigs. They were mm. like weird. And I would always joke around like I'm wigging out. <laughs> they would like shift. I'm like someone can tell them. I'd rather them know I'm bald than them know I'm wearing a wig. Mm. So I would wear hats a lot. And then as I grew older and moved to Texas. Oh, yeah. You're like a hat person when you move here. <laughs> and my friends would joke like, you're the hat girl. You always have hats. I really got like into lack of color and um, some Stetsons. And I was like, man, I really love how a hat looks, you know. But I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have a, had the biggest collection ever. But slowly I'm like, what if I could do something with hats and make a little side money too? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, like I wanted to make more money. Yeah. And in addition to feeling better and, and like I have a purpose here. So I started a pop-up with a whole bunch of vendors and hat people that I admired. Goran Bros, Lack of Color. Uh, Michelle from Chic Teak, she carries Lack of Color. Yeah, so Michelle. she was there and then... Warren Bros came down and then Travis Austin, he's like super famous in Texas for his custom hats. His hats were there. So I was like, this is really cool. So I had one room full of hats. Outside was all artisans, local artisans. I had a market and I donated a portion of the proceeds to the, from the raffle and everything else to the Ovarian Cancer Coalition because I'm an ovarian cancer survivor. And so then that kind of 
like ignited my, okay, I can do a business. And then when the pandemic hit, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, let's get some hats wholesale, like from the brands that I love and see how it goes. Well, it was a hit. People were loving it. My first pop-up at Feliz Modern, thank you to Ginger for believing in me, um, was a hit. I like almost sold all my hats and you know, it was so crazy. You don't even know what you're doing. I'm like, how many do I buy? How many do I take? <laughs> how do I price the ones that I'm working with on artisans in Mexico to make? Like these are a piece of artwork, but like I want, what matters most is that I'm working with these artisans and that they're getting paid what they mm-hmm. so deserve for their beautiful products. But it just evolved. And then my mother's last name is Corona, which means crown. So she used to call me and all my female cousins her Coronitas. And I'm like, your Coronitas, your hat, your crown. So my brother's a graphic designer and he was able to, with her handwriting, create my logo. Oh, so my logo is my mother's handwriting. Oh. And, you know, she died of cancer, so... All of it is just so fitting. And she was the reason I'm so proud to be Mexican is because of my parents, mostly my mom. She would always say that in Spanish, it sounds better, but she would always say she was more Mexican than the cactus. <laughs> it's a it's a phrase that you yeah, say when yeah, you're yeah, super yeah. proud of being Mexican. Soy más mexicana que los nopales. And I'd be like, oh, she's so weird, you know, as a, <laughs> as a teenager. I'd be like, she's so weird, but OK, cool. And all those things I never felt like ashamed of, but they resonate with me even more now. And so all of those elements were so important. And as people embraced the hat journey and um, it's grown now, I found my own artisan to create my own designs. So I designed my own hats, including this one. And I donate hats to people who are going through chemotherapy because maybe not everyone wants to wear a wig or a scarf over their head or a beanie. Maybe they want to wear a stylish hat. And I remember being that person. And so my dream is to one day become a nonprofit where every cancer center has a rack of hats for someone who begins their journey with chemotherapy to just pick out a hat. Because that's kind of my process was they like welcome you to the chemo area. I was an inpatient because I had to be there for long hours in a day. Mm. And so you're there for a long time, but like something like that, like, okay, you're starting chemo. Here's like a care package Mm -hmm. and here's a hat you can pick, you know, and everyone's experience is going to be different and not everyone's going to be positive like me, or maybe some people will be even more positive not even phase, but I want to add something to their journey for one, for them to not, to know they are absolutely not alone. Like even if the, the, the neighbor next to you that who's going through chemo is 80, like, trust me, y'all have a bond now mm-hmm. that it's uh, Marvin Hirsch, Barry Davis and I, we're all cancer survivors at Ken's five. We say it's the club we never asked to be a part of, mm-hmm. but we're a part of this club now and we see things differently. And so if I could just add that, that spark of love and just a little bit of warmth and safety in such a scary time because you don't know like your first chemo you're like what is this gonna feel like I didn't feel anything you have a I had a catheter here port catheter and like you don't feel chemo going through your veins but you're like that's how much deep I was like okay I'm gonna feel it it's gonna hurt or this Mm -hmm. or that but like you don't even know what to expect so at least something to to give you a sense of love is really important through that process what a beautiful legacy for your mother yeah she has no well she has an idea this is where I tell y'all like the older I get the more emo I am and I'm just like I wish she was here and I was just talking about it today with my coworkers. they lost their fathers as well and for them it's been one of them three years one of them 12 years my mom's been gone 17 years and we're both we all agree like it doesn't matter like a lot of people say time helps but sometimes I I don't believe it does I believe it's the acceptance thing Mm -hmm. but time for me has created more of a void and like Mm. I just wish she was here to see all this. Mm-hmm. Like, I know she's seeing it, but I want to hear her. I want to smell her. I yes. want her to cook me a dish because I she know. was proud of me and like made me the best dish ever. Yeah. <laughs> like those things where like a mother's love can never, ever be replaced or duplicated. I have other mothers that I can love on, but it's not my mother's love. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's very powerful to hear you say that as a new mother, because it helps give me perspective to know there is such greater meaning. Oh my girl, like in the in so, the work. So you know? what you're saying, like you're so beautiful, like and you're so sweet for for being vulnerable and saying, like, I kinda have off days and I don't work out and it doesn't matter because all that matters is is Leo. Leo, he's mm-hmm. gonna be so like pumped that you're his mom and that you're his dad. <laughs> and I'm not even a mom, but I'm telling you kind of as an older child now. Um, what I would do to just have my mom there mm-hmm. and, and all the little things that maybe irritated me about her because <laughs> I was not the most angelic person. And I think that's another thing that I don't really talk about is like 
I have a lot of guilt. My mother and I mm. had a bad relationship because mm. of the language barrier, mm. because I grew up in the United States of America in a city and that was really wealthy in the town we lived in. We were the poorest people in our town. And um, I, I also am so grateful to my parents for somehow they got us there. I, if I would have grown up in San Francisco on 23rd and Bryant, where I lived until I was seven, I probably wouldn't be in this seat right now, mm. truly. So it's just crazy how my life, when I look back, like we didn't have everything, but my parents with the language barrier, with the yeah. culture barrier, they made it happen for us. And here I am on a podcast talking about my life, you know, like, <laughs> and so motherhood and everything you're doing, you're right. And I don't know either because I'm not a mother, but I can tell you like, you're everything. Mm. You really are. That's really beautiful. Thank you. It for is. It's, that. it's like, because <laughs> look at me now. I feel like I've turned into my mom and my mannerisms, <laughs> my anxieties, the yeah, sadness, anxieties. like the worries. <laughs> it's literally my mom 2.0 in, in certain things. I know that. It's, I, uh, it's funny how that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, hearing the story of your parents and how they persevered, circling back to that spirit of creating your readiness to meet opportunity, a lot of that is done in the dark, in quiet, in silence. You know, you only see, as what you always say, the tip of the iceberg, yeah. right? You see Roma... On smiling on great day SA, yeah. but it's just this discussion has been so meaningful to me. I know to you too. Yeah, absolutely. To get a little bit of the background of what is underneath, you know, mm -hmm. because everybody has these stories. Everybody has their own journeys and their own struggles. And um, you know, for for a podcast where we're trying to give people permission to feel that it's okay to grow during the darker moments, during the, the more challenging times, and say, I accept this is okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to worry about what everybody else thinks of me or what everybody thinks I look like who doesn't know me when I'm bald in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, like having that courage, you have just so eloquently shined a light on what that looks like in the many dimensions each person has, you know, within them. So, I mean, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I've learned so much. Your mission for your company is like one of the most inspiring things I've heard in a long time. And I know that you wish that your mom could be here in person to see it, oh, but yeah. you know, she inspired the whole thing and she mm -hmm. is indirectly going to touch who knows how many how people's many people? lives through your work with that. And that's, that's incredible. I mean, just, I, Thank you for having that. I had no idea. I thought mm -hmm. it was, oh, it's a hat company. It's yeah. really cool. And I didn't know that. And then mm -hmm. the, the the vision for the nonprofit and having them in hospitals and just that's the kind of love and positivity we need more of in the world. So thank you for doing that. It's yeah. it's thank you guys inspiring. for letting me talk so much. And you know what else? Like I'll share this because it's really important. Anything you do. Doubt is always going to be there. And yes. it, yep. uh, I actually took a break from the hats for seven months. Mm -hmm. That's a long time, mm -hmm. guys. Also, like, oh, yeah. what am I thinking? Seven months, that's seven months of not making money and yeah. <laughs> not giving hats to people who need yeah. them. Like, yeah. what the heck? Because I donate I them. It. Like, monthly, if someone nominates, like, if I'm able to with inventory and whatever, you know, situation I'm in, I will just donate to whoever I can donate. But, like, what? I lost myself there because mm -hmm. I was so doubtful. Mm -hmm. And, like... I'm back right now and I've been on this momentum. I just did Muertos Fest. It was such a Huge. beautiful event. Like, and it just, what you said right now, I really don't acknowledge. And I need to acknowledge more is like, I'm sharing my mother's story. I feel which you is on like, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm bad about that yeah, too. Yeah. And like, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And so just, I need to remind myself, don't give up. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's going to look ugly sometimes. And like, this is never going to work. Like my hats are not selling. Yeah. People think they're too expensive. People don't understand like that they're handmade in Oaxaca and like it mm -hmm. costs me money to get right. them here. It costs me money to, right. to design them and yeah. buy them and get this great quality material. And it's really hard sometimes to explain that to people right. who aren't hatters, you know, but yeah. the beside like that all term, that, it's hatters. just like, that's good. I yeah, that's hatters, nice. we're yeah. hatters. Uh, but like the, the why is what I lost in it. Yeah. And yes. Well, I think that's really easy to do. And you know, I am very, very lucky to still have my mother, but my grandmother passed away just after Christmas, 2021. 
And she was my everything, you know, aside from my mother, but Mimi was everything. And she is the person who used to call me, you know, my, my blog back when I was creating it first, I named it Oh Eleonora because my most cherished moments of being a child in her kitchen dancing around whenever I did something funny or that was very me, she would say, Oh, Eleonora, you know, mm. while she was cooking an Italian dish for all of us or whatever. Mm. So that why when I started creating my own content, it was always kind of to try and bring those values from my grandmother to whatever I was creating. And I lost it for a period of time because I was so concerned with the what, the how, the da da da. And then after becoming a mother, I realized, wait a minute, none of the rest of it matters. It's just sh the world needs her values. The world needs her values. How can I do that through the things that I'm creating in a very humble, small way, you know? So I started my my Substack back up or my blog, so to speak, and I'm just doing very simple writings. But it's like you said, when you, when you connect back with the why and the person who inspired it all, you know, it's, it can, it's very meaningful. Whether people read it, I don't care. But it's my way to connect with her because she didn't get to see my son, you know. Mm -hmm. I know that she sees him, but it's it's a challenge. The older that I get in, the more holidays that pass. I'm like, I miss her, I miss her, I miss mm -hmm. her. And so how do we find those little moments to, to connect back to the people who gave us life and who gave us our values and made us who we are? It's just such a beautiful thing, mm -hmm. what you're doing with your and business. even acknowledging, because I know y'all um, probably want to wrap it up because I keep talking, but no, no, it's great. Like growth, that's even growth mm -hmm. in itself. When you oh, are yeah. aware of something, mm -hmm. you're growing. Like awareness is yeah. Huge. So like you're aware <laughs> of it. I was aware of it, and that's how you can grow too. Is just the simple little awareness. It doesn't. I think people are um, have these con misconceptions of what growth means or of what success means. Yes, like all these yes. things, and it's like. No, like success is just the fact that you got up today. Maybe you were in a slump yesterday. You got up like, and there's that thin line of like, okay, you're enabling someone to be this way or <laughs> right. you're, it's really a win for you. Yep. And I think we're all aware of ourselves enough to know when it's, we're being lazy or when we're, or, you know, enabling ourselves or when grace. really it is a growth yeah. moment, yeah. you yep. know? And so just like, you only have one life in one body, like take care of it and take care of yes. you. And I mean, I got to tell myself that too every day. And it's like, I'm really blessed to have a, a partner that like literally we align on that. And I get to wake up next to him, like encouraging me the minute I wake up and I'm just like, whoa, that feels good. You know, and not everyone has that. And I'm not saying like you need that for that, but it's a, it's good to have someone in your life to hold you accountable mm -hmm. for what you have. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. We can relate. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. would not be sitting on this couch if yeah. that was not the dynamic. Also, yeah. taking care of yourself is taking care of others because mm, if yes. you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. And I think that's that's like one of those things that I'll say every single episode of this to as many people as I can. You know, I, I like to say you can't put yourself last to put others first. I think it's a misconception that you're you're kind of just gonna put all of your needs to the bottom of the list because you wanna help other people, but then your cup's never full and then you're never actually able to give the best version of yourself. And so I think that's so incredibly important. Um, and one last point I wanna make tied into something you said earlier, just about being an entrepreneur and you you kind of gave up, not gave up, but put the hats mm -hmm. to the side for yeah, seven months. Man. And you know, I, I heard, this isn't the exact quote, but it was basically the idea was when you're an entrepreneur, but I think it's applied to anything, mm -hmm you are sort of reconciling having so much confidence in yourself and thinking that you can be the absolute best at the thing you're doing while simultaneously constantly doubting yourself and thinking that you're going to fail. Yeah. And, and I it's think like, it's the, this if you crazy. succeed, it's because the first voice is yelling louder than mm -hmm. the second voice, yeah. but they're both always there. That's so true. And I think it's, that's another important message. It's like, the people that succeeded didn't succeed because just everything went their way right. and they only had the voice oh telling gosh. them they were great. It's You do it in spite of all of the hard yes. stuff and you just keep going. I've asked a lot of people that, you know, Chef Johnny Hernandez is a close friend, mm -hmm. Gerardo de Anda from the uh, Gusto group. Like, I'm, you know, I admire them a lot. They're, they're super successful in town, but in, in their mission and also they're good people. They give back and I've asked them too, some like how didn't you mess up? And they're like, absolutely. Like what you said, Yeah. Mm -hmm. like you're going to mess up. It's not all going to be success, Failure's success, part success, of it, yeah. you know? And that's a similar message that they, they both have shared with me. And even the women I know, Aisha at Niche, like her story is oh, incredible. Yes. 
You guys need to get her on in here all too. Right, well, mm-hmm. well, we'll get her next. I, yes. I nominate Aisha, but <laughs> I like um, all the women that Aisha. I know that are small business owners, uh, my friend Val from Chica Verde, like, you know, it's just incredible to hear their stories too. So I'm so blessed too to have like seek those people. If you want, yeah. to, if you want yes, something, absolutely. learn learn the craft. Seek the people who have been there, and they may not like know about hats. And that's something that Gerardo and Johnny have told me. Like, hey, I don't really know hats, but I know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just like, you'll learn when you make the mistake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh dang. That's great. But no, like I don't, I don't want the mistake to happen. You know. Yeah. So I'm that just, goes back to permission to grow, though. Giving yourself yeah. permission to grow through through making mistakes and finding you know ways to learn your way through them. I think totally. And it's hard. And just like accept accept that you're going to do all these things and these things will I'm, happen i'm going to keep that one the accept yeah i, I need, yeah, some, you, I need, you more, need more i can't take all life. the credit my friend jessica honorado <laughs> she, i call her shish she recently saw me and uh you know going through some you know talking about uh you know struggles whatever and she's like you have to just accept what is mm-hmm. right now think about it and like like in that moment i was like you're crazy i'm always wanting to control the situation mm-hmm. or like how can I make it better? What can I do better? But like when you just accept, like, gosh, you put so much stress off of yourself yep. too. So, yeah. And also sometimes I think the very last point, sometimes growth is knowing when you're going to stand still for a minute and not continue to chase one thing or another thing or another thing. Sometimes that growth is really just you need to be confident in where you are, accept what is, and take a minute before you, you know, move to the next thing. Literally. And it's our world right now, though. Everyone wants mm-hmm. better, yes. next, next. And yes. like you were saying in the very beginning, um, you're worrying about the future. And before you're realizing, wait, my future's now. And like, ah. So, like, it's so, all those cliches are true, though. That's like, the thing, like, right? Live it's so in funny. the now. Yeah, you know? yeah. they are. It's, it's they are. True. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. So, where can everybody find you? Where can they find you on social media, La Coronita, all of it? On TV. Um, on TV. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Channel, Channel 5. five. Yeah. Hey. Um, you can download the Ken's 5 app. I just want to say that because my dad watches every morning from California. Oh, there we go. So, but yeah, you can watch me there. But if you want to follow me on social media, go ahead. Like, I don't, I'm, I feel weird, like, plugging no, myself. Dude, but this, no, this that's what yeah. I the know. For it. So, yeah. yeah. On Instagram, I'm Roma V on TV. I'm so mad at myself that. for that. I Love just wanted that. to be Roma no, V. And then one day I was like, no, I'm going to be Roma V on TV. And then now I'm like, oh, but I have the like check marks. You so do I guess have a check That mark. makes me cool. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Um, but uh, on Instagram for the hats, lacoronita.hats, or my website is just lacoronita.com. We do custom orders. Like I can truly create any hat that you can think of. Like nice. I've done it. So cool. Um, we're happy to design anything you want. And most importantly, if you know someone who is going through chemotherapy, please nominate them on my website. You scroll down, you'll see my warrior called the warrior program because we are all warriors and um, you nominate them there. And then I will email you or someone will email you back to ask more details. Like, you know, if we're able to do it in that month, we'll tell you, if not, we'll tell you it'll be next month. And what we need details like heads, you know, hat size colors that they would like to wear. Um, a little bit about them, you know, because I have to make sure kind of and that this person is going through chemotherapy too, just to make it a really honest program that I'm yeah. that I have. That's so, wonderful. Well, but it's my hope to do that more often. So great. great. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and doing this. Um, Thank you guys. You're yeah, such this has been beautiful a, a people. Very special conversation. <laughs> Y'all are special, and I'm so happy you're back in town. And Thank you. follow Thank you. them, please support yeah. them. <laughs> Y'all are awesome. Speaking of, yeah, you can follow uh, at Happy Dot Not Satisfied, or I don't know, you want to? Oh, I'm at Eleonora Morrison. Yeah, HappyNotSatisfied.com. You can check it out yes. if you want to learn more. Rate the podcast. Give us a comment. Yeah. But, um, thank you so much for being here. This is just amazing, truly. So you're an inspiration. Thank you guys. Thanks.